You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. This is episode number 75 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, and I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. In today's episode, we are featuring uh, Mr. Jordan M.J. Bruno over here, returning guest from episode 15, and also the great and legendary comedian, Mr. Chris Bowers. Hello. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited. I thought he was a motivational speaker. That I was I was I, told I, that. I'm either or. I I've guess. seen him as a comedian, so that's yeah. what I'm going uh, I'm a dual threat. It's all a matter of what you met him as first, I suppose. Yep. Today uh, uh, we will be talking about the hard work that stand-up comedians uh, have to put into their jobs and everything that they do, uh, the Purdue student controversy again, and then we will be recapping MJ's time living in a van down by the river. Yeehaw. <laughs> and, and by the canyon and all other places, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, mostly just the river. <laughs> so all motivational speaking. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. As always, we promise our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. I don't even need this piece of paper anymore. we got a new read, and I can, yeah. I can just watch this. Ready? We've used that one for 25 episodes. It's gone. <clears throat> I hope your computer doesn't crash before we uh, record next week's episode. In yeah, minutes. hopefully uh, I, I need to get that printed out now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Patreon people, uh, they've we had an increase. Did we have an increase this week? Not yet. No, no. Um, it's just it's just wishful we, thinking. We had an increase last week, but we forgot to mention it. Uh, that was Mr. Zach Bertram. Oh, I was just informed about Zach's increase. Maybe oh, you, you were? maybe you had known yeah, that, that you didn't tell week, me, and I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Zach. Uh, of course. We've got bills to pay on the new studio, so <laughs> Dakota signed us up. We're going to have gigabit internet. I don't know why we're going to have gigabit internet, but it's available, so we're going to have faster internet than they, uh, than we've ever seen in the history of the world. That's right. Yeah, top of the line top of the line internet speeds with fiber optic cable transmitting it to us. I, Newcastle is the place to be if you ever if you want world-class internet. It's a it's a great time to be alive. So if uh, if people are in the Patreon program, they uh, they get to be in that super Facebook chat. I put in pictures of the new studio in there, and then their uh, their special dedicated feed. They have a special episode, a new episode of Tinfoil Time. You guys discussed something that happened well before your time. New That's coat. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tinfoil Time episode dropped last night. It was about a new Coke and the uh, conspiracy surrounding it. New Coke was a product that replaced classic coca-cola in 1985 and there are message boards on the internet dedicated to how this was a cover-up so that uh the coca-cola company could change the recipe of coca-cola forever and it, it's a big it's a big deal i thought yeah. it was i thought it was, the cover-up was that they made you miss the other coke so that you it built your brand that i was love the move, yeah they, yeah so they beat the pepsi challenge yeah there's a few of them it's it's a it's a wonky conspiracy it was it was a fun one though i really enjoyed it uh, MJ, 
Do you want professionally? Do you go as Bruno, MJ, or Jordan? My, you know, whatever you want, man. Whatever you're feeling, <clears throat> we'll just go MJ. All right, I think this is what we've been working with. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sarah, when she was returning the keg from the uh, from the wedding, she said, uh, "This is for MJ." And like, who the hell's MJ? Ooh, and then heard of him. They were like, "This is for Jordan." <laughs> Nobody had any idea. Nope. So at work, you're a different name. Yep. Most people call me Bruno there. Yeah. I don't know why. No one, <laughs> no one knew me as Bruno when I moved to Indianapolis, so I don't know how it happened there. It's kind of like, yeah, I yeah, like, like Bruno. You have like it's nine it's aliases. Yeah. All right, go Bruno then. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what <laughs> I can do. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to call you Bruno. I'll call you MJ, and we'll we'll uh, cut your pan That means Chris Wild has card. to call him yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Right. Well, we're calling him Bowers, aren't we? Yeah, I'm Bowers, but I'll call him MJ Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Or 23. Can I call you 23? Absolutely. Okay. There we go. Jumpman. You're from Chicagoland, aren't you? Uh, Griffith, Indiana. Yeah, northwest Indiana. North. Yeah, Chicago, yeah. yeah. The region. Region rat. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So right you... the correct time zone up there. It's nice. <laughs> Yeah, we're visiting the uh, that time zone this weekend. Uh, Sarah and I are heading down to uh, Tennessee for another family wedding, so it's got that going good. for us, I guess. Uh, yeah, so New Coke. Did you? Uh, did, are you even aware of the New Coke controversy? I, I've heard of it. Not familiar. Yeah. Though. The only thing I got out of it was I learned that I really, really wanted to try right. this New Coke recipe. Oh, it's crazy! It tastes like Pepsi. Did it taste just like Pepsi? They were losing to Pepsi. So then they the just Pepsi challenge, and so they just made a Coke that tasted like Pepsi. And whether they did it as a genius move or it was the dumbest move in history, it, it, who knows? But yeah, then people that liked Coke hated it so much that, that it was, I think, 57 days or 72 days, something like that, and they brought back. Yeah, it, it, I just watched a show on this. I was, there's was a, a cool show in the 80s, uh, about the 80s on National Geographic right now that's, that's got some, it makes some cool, uh, connections you don't really, like, like the, you know why CNN, CNN uh, survived? Why? How did CNN survive? John Lennon getting uh, assassinated. Really? Yeah, because the first seven months, no one watched, and it was a joke, and they were running out of money. And then John Lennon got assassinated, and then they people realized having 24-hour news coverage was important. So without John Lennon getting killed, we would not have Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, a sacrifice. I made the last leap. But a the, sacrifice <laughs> had to be made. Fake news. I, see, yeah, for, for me, CNN I, I'm, I was born in '83. I was yeah. I was born the year that uh, Derek Daly accidentally became a racist. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't remember CNN existing because I was eight at the time, probably or seven. It was the uh, first Persian Gulf War, and yeah. watching the yeah. green screen bombs being dropped Wolf and you know, and all that. Yeah, us yeah, winning a war or you know yeah. winning a, a day long, going up yeah, yeah. the day long you know Storm and Norman thing. Uh, Dakota has no idea that was four years before Dakota's birth. So I was mm-hmm. I was a senior in high school. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So and then so we're, we're as we get into introducing uh, Mr. Bowers here, uh, Dakota in the show notes has where you might know him from. And I I met Bowers. I didn't meet him. I was I was a kid in an audience and I, I spent the last week and a half trying to rack my brain, trying to figure out where I had where I had seen him. Uh, and we figured out we think it was 1998 uh, downtown Indianapolis at a 4-H leadership camp. I would have been probably a sophomore in high school. And you were doing a, uh, a a motivational speech at the time. That was you were a pro motivational speaker. Yeah, I've been doing that since nineteen ninety six. Um, so yeah, I I went to Ball State and I graduated from Ball State and met a guy who was doing a leader did leadership uh, conferences with high schools and I met he hired me and I worked with him for about uh, four years and then two thousand I went out on my own and started my own speaking company. But yeah, that's that's how I make the majority of my money still is, is motivationally speaking to high school kids and middle school kids all over the country. So you're all over the country with it. Yeah, I've spoken like 46 states. Wow. Two million students. That is incredible. Uh, and yet you have the recall to remember, oh, yeah, I did the embassy suites in 1998 in Indianapolis. I, yeah, I have a sense – I have a really good memory, which has helped me throughout my life. Like I'm a solid – I'm a solid 
you know, I think sometimes people think memory and intelligence are the same, and they're not. Like, I'm also very smart. That's don't let me get me wrong. But I'm saying I've also known people that have really good memories that like can't apply it and can't yeah. figure out whatever. But I mean, I just have. Both. They know where they parked the car, but yeah. man, yeah, yeah but past they, that. But they can't, you know, make it. But I'm saying, like, I just I. Uh, Humble brag there, I'm even smart, but but no, I, uh, <laughs> I but I've just always had a very good, like I one of my strange superpowers is I know what story I've told to everyone in my life. Like I would never repeat a story to you that I told you on a road trip 15 years ago. Like I know I told you that story. You're never going to be the grandpa that's like, and then let me tell you another yeah. time yeah. about now. Now sometimes I'll tell that story in front of you and to someone else who's not heard it, right? So my girlfriend attests that she'll hear, but but I've never said to my girlfriend a story that she's ever heard before. Like I've never said it twice. Wow, that's and I that's also impressive. remember what story I told on what podcast I was. And we we did a podcast for a year, two for four years, and I know what's I never repeated stories on there unless it was to a new guest that wanted to hear it. So like I just have a sense of what stories I've told who somehow in my brain. That is so oh, real. I'm not my I tell my wife the same story <laughs> over and over, and, over. and she's but, like, "You told me this like six times." Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I Sorry. just I just somehow know. I Jordan MJ was or, or Bruno. Was uh, was on episode fifteen. We were downstairs, and I tried to reintroduce Dakota to MJ, even though we've never not done an episode together. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a total I'm a total fool. Uh, so you may remember Bowers from the uh, the Bob and Tom show. You've heard him uh, on there doing weeks at a time on there. You were the host of Trial by Laughter on Comcast. Yeah, I want to hear about this. It's just a contest we did at Morty's. We're going to do it one last. That'll be the last Morty show. Actually, that will be in October. Um, at Trial by Laughter, but it's just – it's, I think, 36 to 44 comics from around the country come and compete. It's it's filmed for Comcast, which is their on-demand thing in Indiana, but, I mean, it's it, they get a good tape out of it. It's a five-camera shoot, and if you win, you get a 1000 bucks and a 45-minute uh, comedy special five-camera shoot, which is good for up-and-coming comics. So it's, it's basically people that are – about to headline or at the, the top level of features, you know. I mean, there's some people that come that are terrible, but I mean, for the most part, the people that advance to the second round are all working people that tour around and travel. I mean, there's a lot of people from New York and LA, but it's a it's a fun contest. And I just I just was the you know I basically go, hey, here's your next comedian, and then are you guys ready for? It? I mean, I just do the TV stuff where we do the fake breaks and get everybody pumped up, get them ready to go, <laughs> get them fired up. So you uh, were one of the owners of Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis. Yep. yep. Yeah, eight years. Uh, eight years. So you guys were up on the north side, a couple different locations. Yep. Most recently, you were at the uh, the Don Pablo's. The, yep. or, or no, Don Pablo's. Was it Don Pablo's? Yeah, it was Don Pablo's. Yeah. Uh, and it was the host uh, site of the Monday Night We Are Libertarians uh, podcast yep. down there. Did that a few times. Uh, that was where I met my bride the very first time. She visited Morty's, nice. and uh, that was uh, that was the first place we were together. We didn't really talk then. We had another date later on, but. Uh, yeah, that was a, it's a special place for us. And well, then we did a the wall live down there, and Dakota and I got a bunch of pictures taken. So, yep, uh, about sixty pounds ago, there's uh, there's pictures of me uh, <laughs> in, in front of the uh, the red wall. Nice. Uh, so that there's a very special place for us. It's a well, the, the 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 wrecking ball hit it today for the first time. Right? Oh, so the, it's going the, down. The huh? North wall is gone, and they're oh, no. tearing it down. So Sarah was at the <laughs> district tap up there on 82nd Street last, and I said, "Is Morty still there?" Said, oh yeah, it's still there. Well, no, yeah, I guess not. Yeah, it was because it, it, I mean they closed this May first, and I was I asked them to let us go through the end of May. It would help us move and whatever. And we had a couple big things lined up, and they're like, "Nope, it has to be May first. And then they didn't do anything till literally. So, so they could have waited till the end of May. I mean, who is what knows? you're saying. Who knows? But yeah, it was today was the first time, or yesterday was the first time they knocked anything down. So, so you guys have three months. Uh, 
as Morty's has, has not had a physical location, you've still done some promotion and some shows and some events through the Morty's vehicle. Yeah, we tried to find a different – first we tried to find a different location, and that wasn't working out. So we're just going to then become a uh, – we're just going to become a, an idea and just do shows other places. And we did a show at the Morale last two weeks ago maybe, me and Todd and Sean McComb – or uh, Todd McCombs and Sean, Sean Latham. And it was a fun show, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm – you know, I – I'm moving to LA in November, and it's just like, eh, I don't really want to mess with it anymore. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, like, it was a little sad losing Morty's, but to be honest, I'm the most tan I've been since eighth grade. Like, it's just <laughs> been awesome, you know. Like, I, I, I live in this apartment complex with all these cool people, and they're all their mid twenties and thirties, and they like to party. And so, like, I, when Morty's closed the first day of summer, I'm there. There's all these people at the pool, and I said to Chrissy, my girlfriend, I said, "I'm going to buy a floaty beer pong table and become the." The uh, the mayor of my pool. They're all going to know me. And that's what's happened. I've literally just been at the pool every Saturday, Sunday for three months, and it's been awesome. I've got a bunch of cool friends that live there now, and it's just – well, we've time. got a wall party out here, a wall pool party for Chris Spangle coming up on the 15th of September. Nice, so, nice. Does Chris Spangle swim? I can't imagine. Uh, he's been in the pool a couple of times. Okay. So yeah. Does he wear his shirt? Uh, no, but we, really? we have little floaties that's, for that's him. That's impressive. Okay, cool. he's, uh, he takes ginger protection. But <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, so our boy Spangle, who, uh, who's the overlord here at the uh, We Are Libertarians Empire, he, uh, he called you once on about two hours notice for the Libertarian State Convention a few years ago. Yep. yep. Uh, you're the second comedian that I think I've seen do that show. Uh, the first one is, uh, oh man, I, I go somewhere and I don't know where to finish with the story. Tim, <laughs> Tim somebody from Chicago. Uh, yeah. Tim Slagle? Yes, Tim Slagle, okay. Libertarian he stand-up comic. Stuff. Yeah. Um, he's, well, he's the only right-wing comic in the country. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's... <laughs> Yeah, Not a lot of right wing yeah. comedy out there. <laughs> I don't know they don't have a sense of humor. Or, or oh, well, <laughs> you've got the, the blue collar guys, right? I suppose. Yeah, they're guess like they're. But I mean, he's politically right wing. Yeah. I'm saying like the blue collar guys. They are, play to it. They play to it, but they're not like you know. I mean, I I don't know. I'm just saying like Tim Schlegel's more like literally conservative comedy as opposed to you know. Uh, the blue car guys are Owen Benjamin as well. Yeah, Owen now. Yeah, he's and but he got kind of uh, weird. I, I'll say o- Owen's more. I think Owen just tells the truth and yeah. he pisses people off on both sides. Yeah. He just he, Owen hasn't let the three uh, percent of the Twitter spear on the far, far, far left shut him up. And, yeah, he and got he, deleted. From and he Twitter. gets he gets. I think he he thinks it's funny to really piss those people off. So I think that's part of it. But you know, but yeah, Owen. Owen and I had he waited Owen once and we had some really good conversation. Uh, Boss Hog Liberty got mentioned on uh, on uh, Don't Wake the Bear his podcast nice. a couple weeks ago. Nice, yeah, that was really neat. Was that because uh, cousin Rick calling yep. in? Cousin with Rick, that, with, yeah, yeah. He he appeared on the show and I think he was talking about honeybees. I don't think it had anything to do with us or the con- or the uh, the things we're doing here. It was more just hey, you might check these guys out because I was on the show. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. But uh, he we'll, said our name, so we'll, 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 <laughs> take, we'll take it. it. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. The, uh, we're, we're coming on fast. We got uh, uh, Matt Pierce, who's been on the show. His, uh, he's one of the, the sheriff's deputies that was on uh, oh, a month or two ago on the canine episode. Uh, he stopped by my house the other night and brought a willpower IndyCar driver, the yep. Indy 500 winner, his mid-Ohio visor, uh, and dropped it off at the house. And it says, to BHOL, signed willpower number 12. Nice. So we've got some merchandise for the new studio, <laughs> yeah, Dakota. Right. Sounds cool. Big time. Uh so uh, we're we're talking about us coming far along. You have also come far along, but uh, I I saw on your website. I looked up Chris Bowers comedy. Said he used to be a motivational speaker. Yep. 
So uh, tell me a little well, bit about that. Well, I just did. I mean, I, I people say, "Why are you motivated?" Well, I sucked at sports. So, like, while you guys were playing <laughs> basketball or football, I was at student council conference with your girlfriend. And uh, hey, that was me so, too, man. Yeah, so, I was in band. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I was just, I was just one of those, I was just one of those student council kids, and it just one thing led to another. And then I, I started speaking, and I, I mean, I always wanted to be a comic. I mean, since I was twelve years old, honestly. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, George Carl. I mean, I just wanted to be a comic. I should know he did that. I mean, how do you do that? You know what I mean? So speaking seemed to be kind of like a middle ground to that. I can go into high schools and middle schools. I mean, I mean, and you saw. I mean, it was funny. I mean, yeah, kids, absolutely. Kids laughed, and and you've got and to I, hold a sixteen-year-old's attention at any level. You have yeah. to be. Charismatic. Well, I've always said that like middle school kids and drunken adults are pretty similar, right? I mean, like it's not a. I mean, it's, as far as crowd control goes, you know what I mean? Like try to make a thousand middle school kids listen to you. Try to make fifty drunk people listen to you. It's the same kind of skill set, you know. And so I just and I developed a bunch of stories and jokes I couldn't tell to kids. And so uh, when I got divorced um, the second time, uh, it'll be ten years ago in November. Um, I, uh, I got divorced ten years ago. In July, but I mean, I started comedy ten years ago in November, and I was like, "Yeah, I've always wanted to do this, and now I'm single, and I don't." I've got, I mean, because I traveled so much with speaking when I was married, that it was like, ah, "If I went and did open mics, then it's going to even strain my marriage more, or whatever." So it was like, once that wasn't an issue, I just started doing open mics, and I actually found Morty's. I didn't own Morty's then. I was just I was an open micer, and I just it was a whole different scene than I'd seen in comedy because I'd been to some open mics before in my life and just wasn't a big fan. And then once Morty's came along, I was like, oh, this is great. And so it just was one thing. I mean, I tell people all the time, if you want to be, if you want to do comedy, you got to be on stage a hundred times before you'll even know if you're any good at it. And that was coming from, I'd already spoken to a million people and for years and whatever, but it's just such a different animal than that. And so the first time I went on stage as a comic, I was like, it's going to take a hundred times before I'm going to feel as comfortable on the comedy stage as I do a motivational stage. And I think I did it in four months. Like I, I just wow. did a hundred reps in four months. Yeah, I did. I did four or five weeks, uh, four or five shows a, not, a week. I'm sorry, and I would drive to Chicago and do open mics. I would drive to Bloomington. I just went everywhere. I just did comedy everywhere, and just and uh, I love it. It was just a lot of fun. It's just, it's just a cool. I mean, the cool thing about comedy is like you know you guys do this podcast and and that's great, but like feedbacks i mean and that's actually facebook streaming it's cool because it's right away but like the comedy is such instant feedback i write a joke in the morning and then i go to an open mic and i do it and i know right away was that funny or was that not funny? Mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of what's cool about comedy as opposed to like writing movies or books or anything else where you got to wait six months years yeah you know the movie movie. takes eight years for anybody oh that that joke was funny that i wrote eight years ago (laughs) when i wrote the screenplay and then spent (laughs) six years trying to get it produced and then two years making it and then a year edit you know it's just a whole different animal so yeah it was a yeah and i haven't really looked back and then two years into that morty's closed and i didn't want it to go away and so i me and my buddy tony deardorff who's a, still one of my best friends uh he was a restaurant manager guy he used to work at jillian's downtown he was an agm for jillian's downtown when it was there and i said he was out of a job at that moment and i said would well, you want to buy a comedy club and he was like sure so we just did better than doing nothing yeah <laughs> i mean so and more, I mean, we got it. It cost less than my car. I mean, we got the whole thing for like $27,000. Holy crap. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, let's give this a shot. And then, there you, go. you know, one thing huh. I don't know. Yeah, that was the, that was one of the big things that I wanted to talk about, uh, was the amount of just con- the constant grind of comedians. Because Audrey and I, my wife and I, we went up to Chicago August 18th. We went and saw Dan Cummins. Yep. And, uh, we listened to his podcast. We're religious about it. And, uh, Absolutely love him. So we got there really early on for his uh, last show on Saturday night, which yep. was the last night. So it was his fourth show of the fourth night of him being there. So it was, yeah, he had yeah. he had done a lot of shows, and he 
So we lined up outside the door, and the bouncer comes out and says, everybody needs to back up. And we're in the front of the line, and all of a sudden he comes walking out the front of Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago and sets up a table, start with a suitcase, starts whipping out He's CDs, doing his own merch sales. Yeah, yeah, and he's out there selling stuff. And it, I was like, holy crap, like the amount of work that this man puts in traveling across the country, producing a podcast and – or two podcasts a week and doing all this. Like, That's it's all? insane. We're down with that struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and what's, and what's cool about comedy as opposed to like music, let's say, is that like – you know, you're going to meet Dan Cummings. Like, you go yeah. to a Dan Cummings show, he's outside afterwards saying hi, and, I mean, you, you go see a cover band, and they hang in the back till everyone's gone. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to meet the bass player from a cover band. And that's, they, that's why, one of the reasons why we loved Morty so much is that we would go, you know, hang out with Burt Kreischer after, or you, you know, we'd go see you do a show, or Todd McComas do a show, and then yeah. you knew if you went to the second show, you'd go upstairs, and we're going to have drinks. Yeah, and that's, and that's part of it. Was is, is you know, and so I mean, comedy again. The, the the part of comedy that's hard. The travel. I like the travel. The travel sometimes gets hard, and especially Dan has Dan Cummings specifically has kids, so I'm sure that's harder for him. Um, you know, but it it and it, some people are better at writing. I mean, you know, people always say it's comedy hard. I'm like, well, nothing's hard if you're good at it. Right. You know, I mean, things are hard if you suck at it. I mean, the people I've always said, you know, people say relationships are hard. No, not good ones. Good relationships are easy. Bad relationships are real hard. Right. So if you're in a real hard relationship, probably not a good one. You know, like, <laughs> cut you tape, have to work go. a lot. You know what I mean? Like, if, if this was work every day, if every day you like have to have a drink to come home to work on your relationship, it's not the right relationship. Just stop. <laughs> just stay at the bar until you're done. I'm just saying, like, you know, but, but same thing. Like, if, if you're good. I'll pick at, up my stuff on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay? If, you're, if you're good at comedy, it's not, the comedy part's not hard. I mean, that's, and most comics will tell you, I mean, the time. I mean, you know, Gary Goldman, who's one of my favorite comics of all time, will say the only time he feels okay about his every anything is when he's on stage. You know, I mean, he just he the rest of his life he he just dreads at times, and he has depression and stuff. And I and I love the guy, but I mean, he and he's but he's has some struggles. But he when he's on stage, he feels okay. You know, and that's and that's most comics. I mean, being on stage is unbelievable. I mean, it's when it's going well. I mean, there's times where you're like, oh, really? Am I only at 28 minutes? Jesus Christ, I hate these people. But like, <laughs> but for the most part, especially once you're Dan's level where you've got fans coming to see you that are time suckers and they love you and they're going to yell out you know, you know, the catchphrases and what, like, you know that, okay, you know, that this is, that's great. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the getting booked part that's hard. You know, right. it's it's the it's the countless emails. It's okay, the, cool. Yeah. How many how many podcasts did you do while no one listened? You know what I mean? Like, how did you? I mean, Dan worked for what fifteen, seventeen years before he got to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, he had shows on Playboy TV. I mean, he did all the. I mean, he had four or five albums. I mean, he, you know, he's been coming to Indianapolis for fifteen years at least. You know. Yeah, and, and his podcast and, was kind of his his last ditch effort. Like, well, his podcast was because he wanted to live at home and not have to live in right. L.A. And so he moved to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and he did this podcast. And it took off now, but it only took off because he had this platform of ten thousand people or tw- however many it was that had been following him. Now that's still not a million. He didn't have millions of fans when he started his podcast. Right. He had maybe ten thousand or maybe twenty that had loved him throughout his career because he's. I mean, he's a super funny stand-up, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, unbelievable, he's fantastic. And then and then he starts this new thing, and it's a new kind of podcast. There's nothing he did. Like everyone has the podcast. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a joke about like every comic in the country has a podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like. You know, and, and, I mean, and cool. This is cool, but the fact that there's a podcast in a bedroom of Newcastle, Indiana is insane, right? That, that's, it's yeah. great. And I'm glad you guys have yeah. listeners, but I'm saying like, but then 
Dan, we don't just have listeners. We are amazed at the listeners. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so, and that's, you know, and, 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 and you guys have hit, I mean, cause yeah. your niche of libertarians, whatever, that's also different people that aren't right. service as much, you know, but like Dan's explaining weird stuff and, and yeah. explaining things that you thought you knew about, but maybe you don't. He does it in a funny way. And, and he has that, I mean, I think what hooks, I don't know, what hooked me to Dan's podcast, and I listen to it too, okay. is, is the, when he tricks me. Yeah. Like, oh, he, yeah. He, he makes up a bunch that. of crazy shit and then he tricks you and you're like, oh, yeah, Marilyn Monroe's well, twin brother wasn't killed by a dog. I'm an idiot, yeah. right? Yeah. But he, had, but he does it that. subtly enough because I love doing that too. I, one of my favorite things with comedy is I love telling you a story and then getting it more and more outrageous until you're finally like, oh, wait, this is a lie. Isn't it? I, I, that's my favorite kind of comedy is taking you down that road where you believe me for the first four or five huge lies. You're like, right. really? Then that happened? No way. And then by the end, you're like, oh, okay, fine. That can't be true. I love that part of comedy. So yeah. So, so, but I mean, so it's like for me, the, the hard work of comedy is just, do you send out emails? Do you get, how do you get, how do people, you know, how do you get booked? How do you get people to come see you? Like yeah. the, the writing part's easy. Like I, you know, if there's 12 people there or more, I'm going to make you laugh. Like that's my rule. But well, but, and you've got, you know, as you're as you're coming along, you go from the open mic stage to then you're you know you're asked to open for a club, right? right. You're the first the first act. Normally, yeah. the way a comedy if people if people that are listening aren't familiar with the structure, there's normally three. There's like a, a there's three comics there. That, that's one's a, usually a local guy. Yeah, that, well, that depends on where you're at. Like in New York and L.A., it's all called showcase style. So everybody gets 20 minutes, and that's it, right? You either hmm. make the show or you don't. And and Joe Rogan will follow Burt Kreischer, who will follow Bill Burr, who will follow. Some guy you never heard of. I mean, it's just it's just all who happens. There's whoever schedule works out so they can make two or three spots that night. In New York, they're making eight spots. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and then like at the comedy store, even is different than say the Laugh Factory. The Laugh Factory has a show with five comics each do twenty minutes. The comedy store starts at seven and they just run shows till the bar closes. And every twenty minutes, there's a new comic. That's why it's just an wow. amazing thing, right? Yeah, that would be incredible. Now you're, now, you're, now you're standard Midwest, but we don't have enough comics to do that. So, <laughs> so there's there's there, I mean, good ones anyway. There's plenty of comics that, but, but like you can only hear Nate Grop so many times. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. So, so we love Nate, but yeah, but but uh, uh, you know, so there's an opener that does fifteen minutes, and then the middle does thirty, and then there's a, a headliner do. 45 minutes to an hour. And sometimes there's a guest spot, you know, if there's a, a pretty girl in the audience and there's a professional comic, he's like, oh, I'm going to do a spot. Right? But, uh, Howard's, but, Howard's like, I've got a joke. I'm i got a test I'm tonight. I, did you see that girl? I'm up. Uh, here we go. But, but anyway, um, <laughs> and, and yeah, so the, the, the local guy is usually the first person. Um, and, and they're not as, you know, I, I ended up hosting most of the shows by the end of Morty's just because I was, I, I just liked doing it and I could always write new material. The problem is, you know, with young people, they don't have a lot of, young guys don't have a lot of, uh, material. So you'll hear the same 10 minutes. If you've seen them three times, you've seen all 10 minutes three times, you know what I mean? So it's where I've written, you know, I mean, I've got the, the, hours uh, and hours of comedy. The MC in at Zany's, whenever we went and saw Dan and, she was absolutely hilarious. I, well, I can't was, remember her name, but Zanies, I had good belly laughs. Zanies is a thing, too, that's different in that Zanies, the host, gets paid more than the middle. The host does 35 or 40 minutes in Chicago, and then they bring up a middle who, who does 10 or 15, and then the headline. Yep. So, like, the host is actually, and they have what's called a house MC. So, she'll be the MC for a month. Oh, okay. And so it's every show for a month, and they, they rotate those people in because their theory is people come to comedy maybe once a month. They're not going to come twice a month, so you won't see the same person. But, yeah, so then – because and I and I actually like that idea, and that's kind of why I started being the house MC is like let's start the show as strong as we can. You know, this idea, let's start – let's put the worst person up for 15 minutes, uh, you know. Now, part of the problem with MC is – and this is what people don't understand either – is that, you know, half the room 
Okay, you're setting up a joke. Half the room is ordering their drinks, okay? So they don't hear the setup. The other half hears the setup, but then by the time you get to the punchline, they're ordering their drinks. So the first people that are done ordering their drinks don't know what the joke's about, so they don't laugh. And then the people that heard the setup don't hear the punchline, so they don't laugh. So you, it, it's a really hard spot. I mean, you know, I'm, I do very well most times, and there's times where just even me as an MC, it's just, it's, it's a tough, it's just a tough. I mean, jokes that murder from the middle spot or, or the beginning of a headlining set. And a headliner has to deal with the checks at the end where people are doing math and they can't listen. But like, <laughs> the, like the, the, you know, there's jokes that murder in the middle of the beginning of a headliner set that, you know, don't don't work in an, an MC set because they're too complicated or too many people have to be paying attention for yeah. it to work. Yeah, and too many people aren't paying attention. Yeah, so it's you, not their fault. I mean, and and that's what's funny is as, as a club owner, I don't want anybody to yell. No, I want them to order their drinks. Don't yell yeah. at them. I I make some noise. I want the waitress to explain the specials. That's the way this works. You know, so um, that's especially a big, second that's a big show. part of the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's that's. I mean, not that's why way, it's a two the, drink two the, drink minimum, and not that we ever made any money. But yeah, that's that's, that's keeps the doors open. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for a while anyway. Yeah. So, so do most comedians start out as the MCs like around here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everywhere. I mean, you generally. I mean, in LA, no, anywhere you go, you're going to start out as an MC. I mean, you got to, you got to, because that's a, a skill you have to learn how to do because it's it's the it's the most ubiquitous skill. I mean, it's it's a hard skill to learn. And there are people who can't MC; they just don't have the energy for it. And sometimes they just have to work harder, and eventually they'll become a feature from the from the jump. But like. But yeah, you get MC for a while before you're going to get, and that's the thing with comedy too, and especially now. Like right now, there's a boom in comedy, but it's not a boom of people watching comedy; it's a boom of people doing comedy, right? Okay. So there's like eight billion comics in the. I mean, if you look back to like, you know, eighty two or eighty three or eighty seven or whatever, there there were probably two hundred fifty comics in the whole country. You know, that's why when the boom happened, all these guys made all this money because there was in, they were in demand and there was no supply. Now, so they all became right. famous. Everyone, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, I mean, like you look at a guy like Mark Maron, and, and I think Mark Maron's podcast is great, and I think Mark Maron's even stand up now is good. But he'll tell you he walked the room every time, but he kept getting hired back. How is that possible? If somebody walks two people at Morty's, I have to think about whether I want to bring him back now because I have so many options. But there weren't any options back then. Like, I guess it's Maron week. Just make sure everybody gets paid up up front because they're going to leave. You know, like what? how'd you have a career <laughs> if every time you went on stage you walked after? I mean, Bill Hack, Bill Hicks used to. Walk the whole room every time, you know, or every other time, but he still got booked. You know, it's like okay, that's great. I mean, and, I and now know. he has this Alex Jones character he plays. Yeah, exactly. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't disbelieve that. <laughs> There's a new YouTube video that came out this week, just trying to uh, prove that Alex Jones is actually Bill Hicks. That's amazing. And if, if you listen to Al- Alex Jones, went on the uh, Joe Rogan Experience, yeah. and uh, that. And Joe Rogan was trying to talk to him about it, and it got him so fired up. And Rogan had him smoking weed and drinking whiskey, and it was—it's probably the funniest podcast I've ever listened to. I've thought of, I've often thought about doing a podcast that was just a weekly recap of the Joe Rogan podcast, like the soup. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a summary show. <laughs> Where I just had clips and I explained what was going on. So you'd have to listen to all nine hours of it all week. Yeah. You just listen to my 30-minute <laughs> Joe Rogan podcast recap and you're totally in the know. And you're going to be at the top of the search and be like, the Joe Rogan oh, Joe Rogan clip the, well, the Joe Rogan experience experience is what I was going to call there's it. There's so many uh, YouTube videos that are like Joe Rogan clips. Joe Rogan on this, and it, it's just different channels. MJ, I think you just spit in my beer. I'm, I don't, I'm triggered. I'm, I tried to, but I'm not sure <laughs> if I got there all the way. Might hit the Rubik's cube. So I didn't realize Joe Rogan's show was as long as it is. For the longest time, I would see all those clips, and I'm like, all right, ten minutes, twenty minutes. And I went and found a real episode years ago. I'm like, oh, 
six hours. <laughs> right. Like it's a yeah. marathon. Right? It's three hours per yeah. show generally. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but uh, they're time. pretty good episodes. Oh, yeah. and the Alex Jones episode, of course, was number nine one one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The, uh, that. See, I, depending upon your age and what you grew up on and what you know, Joe Rogan to me was the guy from News Radio. Yeah, I, I'm sure yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, you as well. Yeah, yeah. I've tried to expose Dakota to News Radio and the the magic of the I've of that cast, seen, and he has no idea. It's not nope. it's not streamable either. But he oh, has really? he has no idea who Phil Hartman is. I'm, you know, some of these these comics and these people that were just a big deal in the '90s. Yeah, nothing. Well, nope. you, well you're watching The Simpsons because that's where that's where my Phil Hartman's my oh, favorite. Yeah, the, yeah. The I, I'm Troy McClure. Yeah. yeah, you might remember me. Yeah, yeah. Troy McCoy was the lawyer. Sergeant Bilko, and then the SNL stuff. One of my favorite moments, uh, I had a New Year's party in 1999 at the Marat, and it was a great time. And and uh, we had like – was it, I got a shuttle bus that went from from Broderpool to the Marat and back, so nobody had to drive. It was $25 all you could drink for New Year's Eve. Like I just got this deal because my buddy was the bar manager or whatever. That is a hell of a deal. <laughs> so like, I would do that now. Yeah, so like <laughs> 200 people, 250 people, 300 people went to this party, and we had a DJ, and it was awesome. What was crazy is uh, Mellencamp played a show for like – 200 people max upstairs in the Egyptian room was like $1,000 a ticket, but they didn't have security. So we just walked up and <laughs> watched Mellencamp come in. It was amazing. But anyway, the next week I got a call, and this was you know, pre-cell phone, pre-all that. I just got a call from a girl, uh, and she said, hey, I was at your party, and I met this really awesome dude. And uh, I, he gave me his number, but I think it must have – I must have wrote it down wrong or whatever. But can you can you help me find him? I, I think you probably have his information since you planned the party. I said, yeah, what's his name? She said, uh, Troy McClure. <laughs> I said, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh honey, that's, that's a Simpsons character. He gave you the wrong name. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, I have some terrible news. How embarrassing. Ah. Yeah, so I had, to, I had to tell this poor girl that Troy McClure was not going to, in fact, call her back. I did monorail, not, I did, monorail. I did, not, I did not have his contact information. I'm sorry, darling. <clears throat> oh, no. Call him beyond the grave. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I think it was 20 years ago, like this week. I think I just saw a headline that he was uh, – his uh, his his wife killed him while he was sleeping. So. Yeah, that was a bad that's relationship. A, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, you were talking <laughs> about him earlier. I wonder if he had to work at that. <clears throat> well, he probably did. He probably did. <laughs> Not working anymore. She was a little bananas. I know Joe Rogan from Fear Factor. Yeah, yeah he was Fear Factor, and, and then the UFC. UFC stuff. Yeah, and then I mean, and by the way, Joe Rogan's a brilliant dude. I mean, he's he's so smart on so many. We had him at Morty's once, and he did a, sec- a second show on a Friday. He did three hours, and it was all amazing. And like people would yell out things like string theory, and he would just talk. He would explain string theory to you, but then make you laugh while he was doing it. It was insane. I'm like, how was he making this into jokes? This is crazy. But he had, but he knew he had enough knowledge he could do it. He was, yeah, it's, it's easy. Yeah, one of our co-hosts, Cade Coger, is going to see him live in Columbus. So I decided to go look at tickets because my brother-in-law, Josh, is also a big fan. And I was like, ah, I could take Josh, you know. Josh and I could go watch him. And already this the show, it's not until 2019, I don't think. And No, it's next month, actually. Wrong show. Thinking of the wrong comedian. But uh, anyway, and it was save already. Save the story. Just lie. Just save yeah. the story and lie to us. <laughs> it's already sold it out. was already almost sold out. Yeah, you couldn't get seats next to each other yet. Well, off air, I'll tell you what he makes per ad read for his podcast, and you guys will. Oh, I, I already know. Death. Yeah, and it's it's soul crushing. <laughs> Cry to death. Yep. But yeah. you we, also have we're to not think in it for the money, Bowers. We're here. <laughs> we're just here to sell <laughs> guns. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you live in Newcastle. You're not in anything for the money. <laughs> But if the people of Newcastle would vote for me in November, it would be an amazing place. Be great. It's all That'd over. Be great. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so did you, did you work as the con- the comedy booker? You're, you're 
these pe- uh, these comics as yeah, they're coming in. Yeah, I mean, I I booked. Yeah, I, I, well, the last the last year I booked it. Um, and I and I was. I mean, we had bookers that worked at the logistics, but like it was, we had to say yes or no. Like they couldn't just book whoever they wanted. So, right. Yeah. So I was the booker for the most part. Yeah. The the kind of acts you're bringing in are they mostly managing themselves and you're cutting your own deal and working it out? Do nah, they have people well, that work it, it for depends. Them? Like at the end, it was mostly agents. I mean, there's there's um. I mean, there were, it was half and half. I would say fifty-fifty. You know, I mean, there were guys that I knew, and there were also guys that I that we, you know, we we feature them coming up, and then once they started headlining, we they you still had the relationship still work with us because they knew me or I'm their friend. You know, what I mean, so there was even guys that like had agents. You know, like they're like, okay, we need the I'm like, you don't. I'll just I'll just text Jason Johansson and tell him what time I'm picking him up at the airport. Like I, I don't need don't need to know what hotel it is and what the license plate number of the car is. You know, because man, like this problem with agents is that everyone wants to justify their job. Yep. So like it was funny story. Like when we had Rogan that time, and again he Rogan called me up out of the, his agent called me out of the blue. Like, hey, he's doing UFC in Indy. He wants to do a show. Can he do just a Friday night, just two shows? We're like, uh, yes, of course. He's like, okay, it's X number percentage of the door and whatever. Like, okay, cool. And so, you know, but in his rider of his contract, he wanted a bottle of Grey Goose and six sugar free Red Bulls and six regular Red Bulls and eight Dasani waters and this and that, blah 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 blah, and all the deli tray of turkey it was all this crazy and so (laughs) like we set it all up and he gets there he's like what is all this and i'm like i don't know it's in your contract and he's like show me that and i showed he's like i've literally never asked for any of these things (laughs) but everybody's trying to justify their job everybody's trying to make sure they're important so like you know there's some there's some assistant to an assistant calling me every day for ticket counts right like oh yeah i'm a so-and-so's assistant i need to know the ticket counts for gary goldman in january that's seven months away. We haven't sold any. No, none. He's not even on the website yet. You Stop can, it. You can right? buy them all if you'd like to. Yeah, I mean, like it's not. And, but then every Monday, every Friday, and, they, and they was, but they have to justify their job, and then and that person has to justify their job, and they're like, oh, we're the ticket. Like so, there's all this pressure on them, and I get it. I mean, they got to earn their right, percentage yeah. or whatever. But like that's that's where, yeah, there's a time where so, I don't so want to work with your agent. I just want to talk usually to you. it's the agents or whoever that is calling the comedy club to try to get booked. Well, actually, that's not what's funny is it just depends. Like, like there's so there's there's comics that are emailing me individually and just trying to get booked. Right. Then there are people who I know. I mean, that's what's crazy about comedy. It's just a numbers game. By the time I was six years into Morty, four years into Morty's, I had 85 headliners I wanted to work every year. I had a hundred. You had your rotation. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I got to fire someone who I'm friends with who I think is great to add anybody. Right. So then you better sell a whole bunch of tickets. I mean, our rule is sell tickets. Be funny and be a good guy. You got to be two, right? So if you were sold a bunch of tickets and you were funny and you were a jerk, well, okay, I can put up with that, right? If you if you uh, are a super nice guy and you sell a bunch of tickets but you're not that funny, I can put up with that too, right? <laughs> yeah, but you don't want the other one. <laughs> but if you're the, but if you're, you're a good but, guy but nobody sits there and watches it, well, but but if you're super funny and you're a good guy and you don't sell tickets, I'm that's still okay too because I don't have. There aren't enough. There aren't fifty-two dudes that'll come to more. Fifty-two comics that'll come to Morty's that'll sell tickets. Which there's just not possible. You know what I mean? Because like Morty's is a small enough market that like I don't think there's even if I had. I mean, if I, I mean, one time we did we did we did like four huge Bob and Bob and Tom names in a row, and two of the four didn't sell because you're not going to come to four shows and no matter who it is. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's a huge Bob and Tom. So you have to spread them out. So I need some funny on their way up, really good people. And they're not going to sell anything. I know that. It's 
July, it's July. I know they're not going to sell any tickets, but as long as they're a good person and super funny, then I'm going I'm to bring them back, hoping that someday they make it, and then and they'll come back out. and give me kind of the, the, the hometown discount or whatever. So November, December, January, February is the big time for comedy in, yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, different yeah. locations, check yeah, your local sure. listings. Yeah, for sure. Like comedy in, in, in the Midwest in the summer is terrible. My theory is because nobody's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we can go to the pool. <laughs> so, like, you know, the, you in February you need comedy, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I gotta laugh, man, before I murder somebody, right? Yeah. Where, like, you know, so it's but, but in part, I mean, but again, you're at the pool, you're at the lake. It doesn't get dark till what ten thirty. So you're mowing your yard at nine forty five when the show starts. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just it's a tough tough road to hoe. And so there's going to be spots where I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to. I just need a cheap guy who's super funny and and a good guy. I mean, I'm not gonna. What you can't be is. Not sell tickets and be a jerk, or not be sell tickets and not be funny. You know, you got to be able. If you're, I'll put up with you. You know, if you're super funny and 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 you know, you sell tickets, or if you're a super nice guy and and yeah. So, so uh, pivot. Don't be a jerk and don't sell tickets. Is yeah, what you can't. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty much life. You can't produce and be a jerk. <laughs> you can't not yeah. produce. You can't not produce and be and not be a jerk. If you produce, you can be a jerk. You know. And and that's changing, and actually for the good. I mean, I think it's one of the things our society is in a kind of a, a weird spot. But I actually do like the fact that you can't be a monster anymore, no matter how good you are at something. Right? Like, yeah. no, 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 you're not allowed to rape everybody. I don't care how good of movies you make. It's like eh, that's probably a good. That's probably a good way to go, right? That's probably a bad thing to have happen for uh, some of these guys. A that take years. six or seven months off. I guess Louis C.K. is back in some way, and Aziz Azaras is back, and the you know the Me Too thing was right around Christmas time. I guess when we were bored yeah, and inside, the, and had to tweet a lot. But the difference between between Louis C.K. and a lot of those guys is that whenever uh, Louis got ousted, he was he was like, yeah, I did it. Uh, and it was probably pretty inappropriate. Yeah, and well, the thing I and, and, and yeah, I don't get too much into this just because whatever. But I think that like here's what I hope that that comes out of this is the idea of growth, right? Like when you point out something to somebody. Here's I, here's a here's my te- my test my test for racism, right? Here's how you know if you're racist or not. If someone tells you you said something racist and you apologize, you're not a racist. If someone tells you you said something racist and you argue with them, you're a racist. Stop it. <laughs> it's that simple, right? Like you can't just be like, I've been saying Orient. I don't care what you've been saying. Like I, because I don't want to be racist because I'm not. So if somebody's like, hey, you know that thing you said that was, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Which Let is what me, Derek Daly did. Which is that, exactly what Derek Daly yeah. did, and that's my point. So that's what's about context. What I'm saying is like that's that's all it comes down to is, are you trying to be better, right? Like if a woman said to me, hey, you made me feel this way when you said that, I would not be like, well, you shouldn't have – I've been like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. Like that's yeah. – and that's how we learn and grow. And the one thing I think we need to concentrate on is that what happened. I mean Louis did this right. 10 years ago. He realized he's a dirtbag. You know, it, it, it whatever. And then he, he came clean and said, hey, I, I messed up. Yeah. Now I don't know how long you stay in the penalty box. I mean I'm not saying 10 months is enough. I don't know. I was – that wasn't me, right? And I don't – and his victims and whatever. And he'll admit he has victims, which again, what it comes down to is do you care if you have victims? Yep. If you do, then you let's say, work on this. You say, oh, if you don't I care apologize. if you apologize, yeah, and that's and so that's what I'm saying is is we need to. It, but but what I'm saying is if you if you found out something like Charlie Rose when he got fired was still walking around naked in his office like the day he got fired, right? Like Matt Lauer didn't take <laughs> the button out of his desk. He already he still had the shut the door and lock the door button when he got fired. That guy hasn't changed or evolved at all, right? So as this thing happens and you look at it and you go. Oh, here are things I did that were inappropriate or bad or wrong. Not because no one's been perfect. We no, no one's per- p- pitched a perfect game their whole life. That's not happening, right? But do Except I, for MJ. 
Yeah. Oh, oh sure. Sure, sure. But, but I mean, when it's just you and your wife in a van, what are you going to do? I mean, girls. <laughs> but. <laughs> That's a really big button. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm saying it's like, you know, it's, so that's what I, what I'm looking for in this world is growth. I mean, did you, did, did you, cause we, I mean, the world has evolved. In the 80s, we had different thoughts. I mean, I, I have a bit about 80s movies, you know, taught us terrible lessons. Well, you know, if you, if you, Revenge of the Nerds, if you go to a costume party and pretend to be a girl's boyfriend and have sex with her, she'll fall in love with you and marry you and stay with you for five sequels. N- no, that's, you can't do that. That's, you, you're on the register. What are you talking about, right? But that didn't occur to us. We weren't like, whoa, that's really creepy. We were like, man, he got stuff. Like, because we didn't know any better because we were dumb, right? And so as you learn and get, and that's the thing with all, I just wish the problem I have with our entire political po- climate right now is that no one will learn anything. We all are right where we started, and if anybody disagrees with us – I mean that when people talk about what's the difference between talking to adults and talking to kids is when I talk to kids, I can change their minds. When I talk to a group of adults, even as a motivational speaker, if I say things they already agree with, oh my god, you're a genius. You're the smartest guy I ever talked to. If I say anything they don't agree with, you are an idiot. I can't believe you – like I, I saw an article on Facebook the other day about the way we should merge on the highway. Okay, So you know how like – we get on the line – it's going down to one lane, and some people go to the left and just go all the way to the front of the line, right? And we're all trained, well, that's a jerk, and we hate that guy. and what? A... No, that's what you're supposed to do. The, all the zipper these, merge is what's zi- ideal. Uh, yeah. Zipper merge they, – they've done all these studies. All these engineers, like traffic engineers, have spent years and, – and, and this article had all these cited studies and all this stuff and said, you know, in states where they've made that, like they do – they do TV commercials to show people about the zipper merge, right? And it cuts congestion down by 40%, okay? That's what this article is about. So I'm reading the article. I'm like, oh, that's interesting to know. I, I kind of heard, heard about that, but this scientifically backs up everything I'm talking about. Every single Facebook comment, this article's BS, man. You're an idiot. Oh, my God. More wrecks are caused by – no, God. Did you not read any of this? What is wrong with you? Why can no one learn anymore? I'm trying to yeah. learn. Like the, I'm not the I, – I mean I have – The so, Facebook comment section and the YouTube comment section are both very, very toxic places to be. Brutal. But, but, I, but I think brutal. it's – honestly, I think it's everywhere. Like so I worked at the Laugh Factory in, in Hollywood for uh, 26 days, okay? And and the owner and I didn't get along and, and he's just a micromanager guy and he's just his way of the highway and whatever, okay? So one day I'm walking home and, and I don't know how many people you've met that are super successful that are like that, but most of the people I know that are like super billionaires are all like that. They're all like micromanaging, you know, my way. There's nobody's like, what do you guys think? That's not how they think, right? And I'm like, what is about that personality that makes you successful? And then as I was walking home one day, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm right all the time and I've never been successful Ever, right? If you put a million dollars in my bank account, I would be a monster right now. Like, because it just, it, it, we already think we're genius. Like, the, 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 the dumbest idiot on either side of the political spectrum, right? That has a poor idiot, nothing. He's never accomplished anything. And he, whether it's right or left, he still thinks he's right all the time. Right. <laughs> With no sense of like, uh, right? But imagine if you were, if you became rich, you'd think, oh, it's because I'm a genius. It's because God loved me more than anybody else. Because I, I yeah. made all the right choices. Because it's I'm a, a good decision. It's up there maker. on the pyramid. Yeah. Capitalism is God's way of choosing who is, <laughs> who is smart and who is poor. Right. And, and, and that, and you think that, right? Yeah. But that's not necessarily – which came first is what I'm saying. Did, did you happen to succeed and then all of a sudden you know, you think you're right about everything or were you actually right about – I don't know. It's just, but that's what I try to think about is like I'm still learning thought. stuff. Like I'm, yeah. I don't know everything. Like, like when someone points out something to me and they're like, actually, that was super this or that. I'm like, 
oh man, I hadn't thought about it that way. I don't go, what? No, I'm not like that. Impossible. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we we talked last week on the show, and you can go back and listen to the Steve Horwitz episode if you're uh, if you're listening. It's episode 74 in your feed. Uh, we talked about Andy Gross and him performing at Purdue last week, and yep. and we've got this. You talked about Twitter and the uh, Me Too and sure. the instant feedback and revolt you have, and we've explored this a little bit. Where you've got a number of comics that just won't do college well, campuses. First, I want to point out about the Andy Gross thing, and I put this on Facebook, but he was not a comedian. He, he was, was a, a magician. Vaudevillian. No, he was a magician. Everyone stop it. Have he you, was, you know how you know how you know he, never, he never put hey, Morty's? You, listen, <laughs> you know how you know someone's not a comedian? They bring volunteers on stage, okay? Comedians never we don't want you to participate at all. Okay? <laughs> Sit quietly and laugh. This is my time. I have things I've prepared. I don't need your help. Okay? Right. Anyone who needs help from the audience is not a comedian. That's a magician. And, you know, okay? don't even laugh too hard even. Like <laughs> I, I'm saying I'm saying that's so so let's not look first of all, this was not a comedian knows how to handle an audience. And knows what's going on, right? He's a magician, okay. And all the, and here's another problem with magicians: magicians all use each other's acts. They uh, when you buy a trick, because if you've ever been to a magician, and I'm not anti, I'm anti. Anyway, well, but, <laughs> you're gonna get thrown out of the guild, right? I'm not, I mean, I, again, I've seen some amazing magicians. What I'm saying though is, when you are a magician, you buy tricks from other magicians. If you've ever been to a magician, they all have that same disappearing card trick out of the flipboard. They buy them from each other, and it comes with the jokes. Okay, so the joke he the trick he was doing was seventy five years old. Pete Lee so, said it was an old vaudeville act. So, yeah, so was, the jokes that came with it were seventy five years old. So the fact that they didn't work in two thousand eighteen is not ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> those those women probably should have been offended. The fact that he went to a college camp and didn't realize that touching a woman on stage and joking about touching her on stage was going to not that that a bunch of nineteen year old kids weren't going to flip the, <laughs> and what we're going to flip out is insane. Like what is I would like yeah they they are a little sensitive. Okay, and and they are and but I mean I talk to high school kids every day like and i know there's a feedback loop and you get into a college campus and you get taught all these things and you have the whatever but i'm just saying like he he was doing 75 year old jokes in front of 18 year old kids and you just can't do that you have to have something that's the, the kicker of it we heard last week uh mason uh rotting house called yeah. in he was in the audience uh yeah. he's a freshman yeah and he called in and he's like yeah they just put us through sexual harassment training right before that yeah. And then he does that act. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, so I'm saying, like, again. You need to call an audible and be not, like, oh, we're going to, yeah, we're going to yeah. just tell jokes. I mean, and by the way, that's happened to me once. I mean, we, we, me and, me and Todd did a, a show for the Kroger's managers once and, uh, they were like, the last time we had a comedian, they just weren't funny. So I don't care what you say. Just be funny. Okay. <laughs> just don't be crass. Well, I don't know what crass means, but all right, fine. Right. And then turns out they'd been through diversity training all day. And then Todd and I both made jokes that were a little on the line, and the lady in the back flipped out and cut my mic off, and that was right. Oh, because but in the context, I mean, I get it, right? Like they've been through this whole thing, and now they can't. Like, was it, they're like, is this a test? Wait, are they tricking us? Are we, are, <laughs> they us? are we being punked? They put us through six hours of sexual harassment, treatment, and then we're going to watch a girl get touched on stage by a creepy dude? <laughs> like, ah, you can't. So I, I mean, again, I, I, are, are college kids sensitive? Sure, right? Are they into diversity? Yeah. But it's not a bad thing to teach. I mean, I'll say this. I love the fact that it breaks my heart that it took us 2,000 years to teach our children not to make fun of disabled people, right? Like I was doing a speech. I was doing a, a full school assembly in, in Clarksville, Tennessee, and it's a urban school, right? So so half black, half white, you know, 
And uh, I always pick a kid. To, they do a che- they make up this cheer, and I pick a kid to count to four or whatever. And uh, nobody really volunteers. This kid in the back raises his hand, so I picked him. And he comes up, and he's, he's obviously developmentally delayed, delayed. Something's wrong. He cannot count to four. Like he can't get it done. It's not. He's not being a jerk. He's not messing around. He literally's like one, two, and he just can't do it. And when I was a kid, probably even when you were a kid, how long till somebody called that kid a name from the back of the room? Fourteen seconds. Yeah, it wouldn't have eleven taken, seconds. Taken real long, right? It's called uh, whatever they caught, right? No, the whole group's like, "You got this, Todd. Come on, buddy." And when he finally counted the four, the whole place gave him a stand ovation, and it gave me goosebumps. But at the same time, I'm like, "How did we just figure this out? How did for yeah. two thousand years would we have made fun of that kid, right? And we weren't awful people. This is how how it came. So 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 some of this is the growing pains of being better people. Like I, I I don't think I think we're in the best time to be ever alive in the history of the world. I don't think you know both sides think this is the worst time to ever be. Alive. No, this is the best. I'm full of optimism. This is, this we've is got the, so much opportunity the, and things the, that are going to go right. This is the least racist we've ever been. This is the least homophobic we've ever been. This is the least misogynistic we've ever been. Do we have places to go? Yes, we have to get better. Of course we have to get better. And that's what we're trying to do. And and, and why not when we're when we're in college totally self-correct the other direction and make people th- – because if you came from a small town and you never heard that, you learn that that day and you're like, oh, okay. And then by the time you're 25, you're like, okay, well, it wasn't completely I, – I, well, let's go towards the middle some more. Let's not go completely out of control. But like it's good to kind of self-correct. I mean that's what everything's about is you go far to the right. You know, I, that's In my politics, if I, my, my comedy, if I've got a super uh, right-wing group, I'll try to say left-wing stuff to get them in the middle and vice versa, right? If I'm talking to somebody – I mean – you know, when when I talk when I talk to libertarian, I made fun of libertarians. Oh, we're easy right? to make fun of. Right, but I, 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 remember, I, I remember my old joke. I said, for a group of people that's so into freedom, I can't believe all you guys are married. <laughs> <laughs> Which got a good laugh. But I'm saying I like I like to poke fun and to make you think. My goal is to make you think and not change your mind, but maybe like let's all go towards the middle a little more. You know? Yeah, and you and uh, one thing about uh, what I noticed between the two times I've seen you live is you're never overly. Doom and gloom, or whatever. You oh, know, I mean, like there's I so have, many I negative have, comedians. I have an, I have an iPhone. Why am I? Why would I be upset? Because you're out of data. Like, yeah, but, but, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm get, I'm grandfathered in the Sprint Unlimited. I have all the data. Like, it's. I, I mean, literally, does I'm that just, work in Newcastle? Did you check? Were you okay? Yeah, I did. I Do we got have bars here? here. It got me here. Yeah, all yeah. Right. It, it, it shut off and said I had no service twice, and I had to reset my uh, GPS. But yeah, uh, listen out. to Jeremiah talking to you about Sprint. He's got brisket wireless. I got cricket. Brisket? I, yeah, we call it brisket. Oh, it's a, it's a long-running uh, gotcha, Boss Hog gotcha, Liberty gotcha, joke. Gotcha. We had a uh, – Tanner Purdue was on uh, early episodes, and he was uh, he was a rep down there, but he was afraid to say the name of the place, so he just called it Brisket Wireless. <laughs> That's funny. It's the equate <laughs> version of uh, of cricket. Well, you know, I've always said is uh, uh, on, on Sprint phone, you, your phone has airplane mode, but on cricket, it has bus mode. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually decent. I, it's been fine. I was a Verizon snob for years. Except, except snob. every two weeks, he can't send or receive messages I, for like a it day. It may be my cheap phone. Uh, yeah, I'm much better on Messenger than I am on MMS. <laughs> Sometimes MMS doesn't work, but, you know, I, the internet works. So, anyways, yeah, I'm not doom and gloom, and I'm also not one one side of that. Like, I tell people when I do – when I'm like, hey, I'm going to do political jokes, but look. If I make you mad on one side or the other, I'll be back for you because I make fun of the right and I make fun of the left. I make fun of the right because I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I don't think – I just don't – yeah, I'm just not – I don't think that's the worst thing ever. That's what we say we are in, as libertarians. We want to, you know, we I mean, have I, economic I, freedom, but then we want to – you know, we're okay with gay marriage stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I actually like libertarian. The only thing I don't, the only thing that, the only thing that scares me about libertarian is my, I, I can't imagine putting people in charge of the government that don't believe in government, right? I've always said that's like putting a, maybe well, like, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be like putting a vegan in charge of the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> They're going to mess up the steaks on purpose, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's the only, like, I get, we I, just need a couple libertarians on there to hold them on us. I don't well, think we want total, total and, control and, yet, right? And by the way, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that's, yeah, I, I and I, I like the people Some, that, that keep people honest. I mean, I like, you next, know. Next week's guest is Darren Jacobs. He's one of our, my best friends and he's an absolute Absolute socialist, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, he's okay in government in moderation. We call him the boss hog liberty token socialist. It's 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 another <laughs> that's long running that's joke. Funny. Yeah. That's, well, that's the one Owen Benjamin. I did turn Owen Benjamin around on one thing. We had a conversation. He's like, I, I never thought about it that way. And I and and this is where I'm a big government guy because in my experience, the smaller the government, the stupider the rules. Right. Like if, if 15 people need to agree on something, you can hijack that and have to, I mean, the the biggest scourge to democracy in this country is the neighborhood association. Oh, yeah. Right. They tell you what, to, what color to paint your house. That's not democracy at all. But if we had a, if we had to make 200 or 350 million people decide on what color to paint your house, we'd never figure it out. The one good right. thing about big government is you can't pass dumb rules. I mean, I, I lived in Willowbrook, Illinois, which is a little tiny suburb of Chicago. Uh, and, and there was a law that my cat had to be on a leash. It was a cat leash law. My cat was outside. They brought him home and said, if we catch him again, we're going to destroy him. Yeah, I had to keep him inside for six months. It was a cat law. Oh, my God. Destroy him? Yeah, they were going to kill it because uh, he was outside. Listen, we're progressive and all, but we'll kill your cat. <laughs> but I'm saying that's that's what happens when you have you know a group of small group of people that get up, upset about something. And well, that's why go, we don't have direct democracy, right? That's why we live in a republic. Sure. So that mob rule can't control your life because right. but the, smaller the, the loudest people the get angry. The smaller the group, the smaller the group. And by the way, part of the problem with, with – Twitter being the rule of the land is a small group of people can really influence everything. They can get, you know. Yeah. It just takes a few loud keyboard warriors. Yeah. MJ, you've traveled the world since we talked to you last, last, late last summer on the podcast. A little bit. You you went to some places. Yeah. Did you discover some weird laws, things you couldn't, weren't allowed to do, can't park here? You know, cities you can't park anywhere. That's for sure. I hate cities, big cities. No. Not a good place to travel. But no, honestly, thinking about people in the middle, you you hear – what Iowa, Idaho, random, you know, Nebraska, all these places in the middle of the country, everybody's super just hillbilly racist. I'm like, oh man, everybody's pretty much the same most places in my experience, which is nice. Like, all right, everybody's pretty cool. You didn't run into into any of the uh, David Dukes of the world no, while you're out there. No, 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 just mostly a lot of really cool, nice people. Some weirdos, but nice, you know, <laughs> definitely. I mean, the weirdos that's coming are part from of the somebody. Charm of the trip. I was gonna say that's weirdos is. And so, how many states did you actually go through? Um, thirty, all of them except. For North Dakota and Minnesota, west of here, and then oh, that's that's more than thirty something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, it, a lot, a ton, um, and some Canada. Too. You guys went some to Canada, Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It was on fire when we were there, unfortunately. But. I have a well, black and white. Don't, don't smoke and throw your at, your stuff out the door. Right. And it won't yeah, happen, yeah, yeah. Smoky. That well, you know, what are you going to do with all the roaches? You think <laughs> run out of room in the, in the van? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I have a picture of a Yellowstone National Park in uh, in the kitchen, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you walked right up to it, and you were like, oh, yeah, it's even more beautiful in person. Yeah, it's crazy. Honestly, like when you're there, it just looks fake. And So my girlfriend, she'd been to most of these places, and um, I had never left Indiana, basically. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so it's really cool, man. You see all these pictures and books growing up, and you get 
then you see him in person, you're like, that doesn't even look real. You know, it's crazy. But yeah, that, that waterfall of Yellowstone was beautiful. Yeah, so you you were first on episode 15, like we said earlier, and yeah. you told us all that you were going to move into your Chevy Astro with your girlfriend. Uh, you, you let is, us is see. Is she still the girlfriend? She's not the fiance? Not yeah, the no, I mean, no, we... Uh, we're yeah, we're still together, surprisingly. I think some of my friends had bets on this. That, uh, this is not <laughs> How long did you travel? Um, Six months. Like oh. Three months on, three months off, three months back on. Um, we were able to get get, our, get our jobs back, which is pretty nice of them. Uh, my girlfriend was working remotely, which was pretty cool for her. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no, not married, not broken up, just yeah, we back saw, to the routine. You showed us the inside of the van mm-hmm. and the sleeping arrangements yeah. and everything. Did it did it get tiresome at times? Just like I I why should we stay in this van and not just go find the nearest Motel Six? <sighs> it's well, it's a lot cheaper. So we we <laughs> in six months we paid for a place to sleep like five times I think. Okay. I mean, other than so that, you was... had five showers over six right. months. Right. Well, yeah, five real showers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn the turn the old garden sprayer into a shower. That was. Didn't you nice. guys have a uh, Planet Fitness membership? The first three months we had no gym membership. Second uh, three months we did. We did, okay. which was nice. Um, we did YMCA because there's a lot more Y's than Planet Fitness. Yeah, that makes sense. A little more expensive, more well, plus the though. song. So. Yeah, what? exactly. There's no yeah. Planet yeah. Fitness yeah, yeah. song, so you're yeah. going to the Planet Fitness. You're, uh, you're, it's hard you guys to spell with your arms. E L A N. Yeah, it's uh, we have a plan. So, and you guys are roamedhome.com, so yep. you, you've vlogged it and blogged it. Yeah, yeah. Millions of people following you over there. Millions. Is, uh, millions. I'm sure you're able to. Uh, so it turns some, out some sweet it's money hard out to of believe that. we were the only people under the age of 30 who have recently decided to travel and live in a van. No one's <laughs> ever tried it before, so it really blew people away. It was crazy. Yeah, I bet um, it was. Yeah. Practicing homelessness. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. Yeah, it was really cool, man. Uh, I would do it again. It, it was way easier adjusting to being. Uh, Homeless and living in a van than it was to move back into a house and go to work every day. Uh, I bet. How did you, did you just run over your meals or did you eat at restaurants? Uh, well, you know what? Actually, in about 35, 35 to 40,000 miles, we did not hit a single animal until the last two weeks. We were in Utah going about 70 miles an hour, and we saw these mule deer coming down a uh, hill, and we're like, shit, we're going to hit one. We're going to hit one. You know, I swerved, missed one, and this other one, man, we just clipped it, and uh, – there was a DNR guy behind us, and we pulled over, and he just walked up, and he's like, "Oh dear," and uh, <laughs> like, "Yeah, man." He's Been like, waiting all day to use that. Yeah, joke. no, and well, it's what he probably uses a lot because he said there's this mile stretch where there's no fence, and they're working on getting the money to continue to build this fence to protect the wildlife and insurance, yada yada yada. And he said more deer get hit in this one mile stretch here in a year than anywhere else in the state. So, part of the statistic now. Yeah, I asked him actually. I was like, so what do you do with this? Do you donate it? Is there like a local food bank or something? He's like, no, because usually when you hit a deer going 70 miles an hour, the inside of it's pretty, you know, outside. Yeah. Yeah. soup. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's you don't want to mess with that. Your van's name is Luna? It is, yeah. How's Luna doing? She's good. Yeah, I drove her here. They put her back together. Yeah, yeah. She's nice. Uh, Yeah, it was great. Actually, when we got uh, back home, we just went to the pick and pull, grabbed some parts. White Astro vans, pretty common, luckily. So <laughs> Every went, air conditioner repairman yeah. for a 1,000 yeah. miles had one. Went, went to one junkyard, spent like uh, you, a couple you, you hundred and fifty bucks. You wouldn't use parts from a red Astro van? Uh, well, so no. I, right, I wanted to. <laughs> Aaron, wide, wide only, man. <laughs> only, okay. Only, okay. Only pure original design. <laughs> 
So I wanted to. Aaron said no. I was like, why don't we just make As it, the GM make it red, white, intended. and blue, man? And uh, I got one fender with a, a oh, little bit of pinstripe action. You meant the outside. Yeah, okay. yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I, I would have went full mix and match. but she I mean, if you that. bolted on a blue door, it would have looked like you needed Kentucky plates I on know, it. I know, man. It would have been great. So uh, what? why did you guys decide to move home? Um, what was always original? The very original plan was we were kind of just we wanted to go drive around, travel, see some stuff, and maybe find a new place to live. And I would say halfway into it, we're like, man, there's man, all these could, beautiful this places. This could turn into a speech for politics. And I just found I didn't find any place better than Indianapolis, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, and, well, yeah, yes and no. But yeah, halfway into it, we were talking, and we're like, all right, where would you move so far? And we're like, well, this place is awesome. This place. I mean, all these really beautiful places are in the middle of nowhere. Like, you can't really go move to Yosemite National Park. Um, there's not but, a neighborhood chili water brewing company. No, there. there's not. There's not. There's a Starbucks there now, I think. So they've invaded Yosemite. But, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We just came back. We had jobs here that we knew we could come back to. She knew. I I had an idea that my boss would let me work again. But, um, you know, close to family. It's super cheap. It's affordable. So, hang out in Indy for a so few how many years. how many t-shirts does a guy pack for a trip like that? Uh, you're a t-shirt guy. That's what yeah, you wear. That's yeah, your... I I pretty much I think I brought so about a plastic tote about that big had all of my clothes in it. We're a podcast that was about oh uh, yeah, 30, thirty inches uh, by twenty two. Yeah, inches. you know one of those plastic it was, totes. You're a twenty two foot U haul. Yeah, got a huge trailer. Twenty two foot U haul. Just yeah, good to see. Six t-shirts maybe. Six t-shirts. Yeah, six t-shirts. Six, I don't know. Six, seven pairs of underwear. I don't know if Bowers could do it with the dry cleaning. Well, no, here's the thing, man. I'm a minimalist too. I, I honestly own three dress shirts. I have probably 15, 15 jackets, but I've got two pairs of tux pants and then 10 pairs of boxers. And I have one pair of, I have one pair of shorts. I have six black t-shirts. Like I, I like you because I, I can't, I, I can do, I, I do, and I don't even dry clean much. I, uh, cause the jackets, I mean, I'll, I wash the shirts, the, the pants, if they get something on them, I'll dry clean them, but I mean, right. Know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't because I I do I can do one load of laundry and all my stuff's clean again. So like I, I never have a pile of laundry. Like I own three plates. I have four forks. <laughs> like how, how many plates do you need? You right? yeah, yeah, exactly. need. I mean, and then it makes you do dishes. I mean, you have to, you can't have a sink full of dishes when you don't have enough dishes to right. fill up the sink. So yeah. like you don't just yeah. I just I, I like that a lot better. I like I like I like not having a lot of stuff because yeah. I used to have a, a bunch of stuff when I was you know married. The second we had, had a mansion in Carmel and blah blah. blah and I live in a, you know. I'm excited. I like. I don't need that much stuff. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, we've noticed accumulating. Not, I don't want to say junk, but just you know, like I, I bought a bike since I've been home. I already had a bike. Why did I buy? You know what I mean? Like, I would not have bought another bike had we been traveling. Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I need this sweet new bike. But same thing with the plates. I haven't bought any new plates. I bought a new bike though since we've been hmm. back. We've uh, in the last month, I've accumulated twelve sets of new plates. Right. Uh, yeah. Smaller plates, bowls, cups. Yeah. No one like, ever uses the little. Four inch plate for anything. I don't think. I, Man, I, I use well, those all the time. Do you really I use yeah. those more often than the, the big other plate? I got we got our ginormous, so it's a. You I, know, I try. We're on a diet. We use a smaller yeah. plate. Yeah, yeah. yeah Solid plate. Yeah. When I got married the first time. My buddy was a worked at Steak and Shake Corporate, and he got me full China set of Steak and Shake plates with Ooh. the logo. So those, that would have been. Those sweet. Are, still, those are those still what you're on? They're still in my nice. my possession. Yeah, nice. I still have those. So I like those plates a lot. But uh, heck yeah, restaurant grade. Those are like the commercial, the ones that use in the commercial. You know. Yep. Bean crock. Did they come with a bean crock? Bean uh, pot? What do they call it? There used to be a commercial about yeah, it. Yeah, bean crock. Bean oh, crock. the crock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bean crock. Yeah. 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 I don't think I got bean crocks, but I got I had the saucers and coffee mugs. I don't have any more, but I, I still have the, the three the, the three dinner plates, four dinner plates. I think I broke one. That's awesome. I have three. 
Now I want one of those bean crocs. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few. We have. Uh, I, I had a set of. I thought I had four. And uh, we're we're going newlywed stuff. We're going through sure. building the house, setting setting everything up, and every every room you're just finally. You, she moves in, and all of her stuff comes, and then all of the wedding gifts come in. And do we want to keep this? And do we not like that? And you're just constantly moving. And we, lots of salt and pepper shakers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she came with a dowry of salt and pepper shakers. Flowers. <laughs> I have a cabinet that's six feet tall that is full of salt and pepper shakers that were passed down from her great grandparents. Wow! Unbelievable. Nice. They're just. It, it, Are they I, loaded? Uh, well, some, some are. There were salt filled out, spilled I mean, out they, from 1977. Are they I think. antiques? Uh, some of yeah, them would get you, uh. I mean, I'm saying, are they worth money antiques? Like, someone would want these things? You can come by and try to steal some. I, 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 I don't want, I'm just saying, like, my whole thing is, and I, again, I learned this at 42. We moved, when we moved from my, I, so I had a big house, I moved to a rental house, and then we moved to an apartment. And when we moved to the apartment, I just literally threw everything I owned away, other than a yeah. few pieces of clothing, and like, we have a couple shadow boxes full of like you know tickets to a concert we went to or whatever that are on the wall as art. But the red, like I, I'm not gonna have kids, so like there's no reason to save all this crap that I'm gonna give. Because even if I had kids, they're not gonna care about it. Like you know, like we you know people just save all yeah. this stuff, thinking oh well someday. I'm, see, I'm, re- I, I'm I ridiculously a, emotional about I, stuff or sentimental. Oh, I was for a long time. Yeah. And I, when I was a collector, I had all these Star Wars guys and Simpsons guys. I just gotta, I, like I have one drawer of Halloween stuff. In case I need to make it into a Halloween costume of dumb pants and shirts I've owned that are funny. And then that's it, man. It was so liberating to throw everything away and not hold on to any of that crap. Oh, so I was uh, I was at the Moral Residence this past weekend, and uh, some of those salt and pepper shakers would get you kicked off of Purdue campus. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different era. But they're, they're, uh, yeah, I unpacked Well, back in the day, you could get your, uh, magic tricks and salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Right down there off Third Avenue. I think we are at that point. I can't imagine what vintage Newcastle salt shakers look like. Uh, I I love that. I saw some of the flags on this street, and now I'm I'm imagining. Uh, well, so, <laughs> D- Dakota lives in inner city Newcastle. I live five doors from city limits, so it's a little different gotcha, culture down gotcha, there in the gotcha, in, gotcha. in white estates. That's not really what it's called. That's really the name <laughs> of my neighborhood. That's the name That's of the a, subdivision. And you're he building lives in. a house, so 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 they it's newly named white estates. No, 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 oh, no. That's no, how no. you're building no. the house. They built the houses in the neighborhood in 1968. Oh, okay, so yeah. you're built, but you're building a house somewhere else. Now. No, no, no. We're here. We're, we're oh, not moving. I thought you said you were building a house. No, yeah. we're you're uh, building a house in the sense it's, it's yeah. hyperbole. Yes, ah, we're not. We're not. We're not I turning were, dirt. We are deciding gotcha, what gotcha, stuff gotcha. goes where. We're building our home inside of a house. I think you're 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 you're. Campaign slogan should be called na- renaming your neighborhood to like you know uh, <laughs> Progressive Parkway. Yeah, Progressive Parkway. Rainbow or, States. Or, or, I like nah, that. Exactly. You'll lose with Rainbow States. But <laughs> but, uh, but if we did if we did you know like like uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best name. Oh my god, I'm blanking right now. But it's just the name of the, let's get all can we all get along kind of a name? You know like the progressive. Yeah, pro- I like Progressive Estates. Union so Estates do. maybe. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Oh, my mother-in-law's in here telling me to be nice. I've got to. <laughs> oh, it's a high wire act. <laughs> Libby, I've got to choose between comedy and your love, and I don't know. You're stuck with me. <laughs> oh, we got, God, we've good. only got six hours in the car Friday. Diversity estates. They're, that'll win you the election. Yeah, right? yeah. Diversity nice. estates. It's oh. for everyone. So uh, White Estates <laughs> is named after the White family, the farmer sure. that owned the ground before. Sure, sure. Lovely sure. people. I, yeah, I'm but, still friends yeah, with but Rachel what, White Connor. What color was the White family? Well, hmm. look. <laughs> Brad and Dina White were at our wedding. It's a, it's a long-time family thing. Uh, <laughs> 
but yes, it's very uh, it's it built in the late '60s, man. We are uh, everywhere. I, everything I'm involved in, everywhere I live, ends up in the center of the news. The whitest state sewer controversy has been the biggest, one of the biggest political footballs. Other than the wind thing, it's been one of the biggest political footballs in the county's deal. Items been in. We got to have new sewers installed, and we're all going to have grinder pumps in our front yards. It's uh, it's it's it's. White estates comes with its headaches. I don't want it to make make it sound like it's all it's, it's uh, all, all lollipops. It's all, it's all white picket fences and white people. There's other problems. <laughs> we have we, <laughs> we've got our issues. Oh god. Uh, sometimes I just wish I could get in the Chevy Tahoe and drive away from it all and live in a van down by the river. You only need eight T-shirts, man. Eight, eight T-shirts. Eight T-shirts, eight t-shirts three plates, a couple forks. What else you need? Sarah saw my closet and went, "Oh my, what? Who does this belong to?" It's a. It, I have. It, I have an entire chest of drawers uh, full of there's, – there's, there's an underwear drawer and then a, a, a short white sock drawer and a long white sock drawer and then a black sock drawer. Yeah, just do more laundry. You don't need all yeah. that crap. Uh, well, I've got a laundry person now. I'm, I'm well taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That will get thrown off Purdue's game yeah. for sure. <laughs> I have a laundry person. <laughs> oh, God. Living, coming from the man that lives in white estates. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah does. Sarah does a lovely job with the laundry. I, my life changed when when I, I used to sort by yeah, for, uh, for her have less laundry. Well, uh, I guess that you don't need to do it anymore. But I mean, that's literally like like I, honestly, it's a favor to your wife. As a fa- if you love your wife, get rid of almost all of your socks so she has to. In in one drawer of my dresser, Jeremiah, it's not like I, I have my through... socks, my underwear, and my white undershirts all in one drawer. It's not like I go through less. It's just that I don't have to do laundry as often. It's not like you're wearing less underwear because you don't. Wash yeah, your that's underwear. A solid point. That's a solid point. But it's just you have you have back inventory, so you can go do something for two or three weeks, and you just have to take a take a day, he, take a day and knock it all gonna out. He's going to have a pretty high water bill after all this sewer situation is done, <laughs> so we don't need him doing more laundry. That's true. That's true. I don't even know what a grinder is. But a I mean, grinder pump. I know what grinder is, but I don't yeah. know what a grinder. Well, pump. well <laughs> we don't have grinder out here uh, in Henry County yet. Um, Pumps and <laughs> Somehow that's blocked on an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. that's not. Yeah, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Old the brisket wireless took that down. <laughs> we just got farmers only a couple weeks ago, and the guys are very excited about it. <laughs> oh my! God. I actually do want a reality show because I've, I've said to, I tell everyone all the time: if you're a single woman and you uh, don't want to be single anymore, move to a small town. You'll be married in. Three and a half months. Like, yeah. like there are no single women in small town America. Like I travel. That's why I, I had to go all the way to Morgan County to right? find one. I'm, say, I'm saying there's just no, there are Met no, at Morty's. There are no single women. Like you go to and I'm not talking Newcastle's a big town. I'm not, I'm talking like you know we know you, you moved to O'Neill, Nebraska. Yeah, or or, like, or, or, or even Spiceland or, or or what's the one north of uh, of, of Richmond? Like there's there's that Union, Union Unionville or Uniontown or whatever oh, it's called. Oh yeah, whatever. Right, you're on Yorktown. Yorktown maybe. Yorktown's in Muncie. But anyway, but you move to a small town. Like I do comedy shows in these little towns. Lynn, there are no Lynn. There are no single women, right? I actually don't want to do. I want to do a reality show where we go to Lynn, Indiana, right? And there's nine. There's always ten or twelve single dudes, right? And we bring a, a woman. They're all working at the casket factory or wherever. Uh, we bring in. We bring. They all have different backgrounds, but we bring in a woman from the outside to Lynn, Indiana, and we do a bachelor. But it's just for dudes that live in Lynn. Like dating Lynn would be the name of the the show, maybe. I don't know. And then she has to pick a guy out of all these nine dudes that live in Lynn, now, Indiana. When we sat down here, you that said, "I don't want to be famous." You're moving to Los Angeles, and you're yeah. gonna have pitch. You're gonna have a pitch for this within by Christmas. Yeah, I'll be a writer, and, and you're gonna be back. Yeah, I'll be a writer. And you're gonna be I'm in not gonna, Lynn, writing host, and producing this show. show. I'm not gonna host. He'll the be show. backhand famous. Dakota and I can host it. There you go. We'll you be the face of your you show. The, yeah. What do you give? We right. give out a corn a corn stalk. What do you? Give? <laughs> 
Yes. Union City. My father says Union City. <laughs> Union City. That's what it's called. Yeah. So the, the dating Union City. You know, or <laughs> a corn <laughs> Dating Wabash. We just find a little it, tiny town. We move a girl there, and then the nine dudes that are single have to try to date the her. The backdrop is a John Deere the tractor in an old nine. barn. <laughs> the yes. town nine. That had a different uh, <laughs> connotation back in the day. <laughs> It'll be on, uh, I don't know, on, on, on AMC. I, yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. It's a good time. I think we'll make it happen. Boy, we have, we have so many opportunities. Well, man, this has been fun. I've enjoyed I have a good it. Time. I have a good thanks, time. thanks for slumming out with us in, is, uh, in Henry County. Most, this is the most fun I've ever had in a bedroom in Newcastle. <laughs> and you grew up out here. I, I didn't realize that you you yeah. went to you went to Chirp Chirp you and you you're from Richmond. From so this Richmond, is you yeah. had to drive through here. Oh, I've I've been to Newcastle many times. Yeah, I've just never been in a bedroom. I wasn't <laughs> never invited. I've been to a Burger King. I've been to a. I've been to the Steak and Shake a few times. I've been to the. I stop at the truck stop over here. Actually, every time I drive through, you do the so. Indian food. Uh, that truck stop, or are you doing one of the others? The the big, what's the big one? The we fine, a flying J and a Mr. Fuel. The flying J's. Come on, man, you gotta you gotta go to Taste of they, India. They got good chick. They have good chick chicken fingers there at that one. There you go. Man, they do have good chicken fingers. So you got stuff to plug. You get you got more shows coming up before you uh, jet off to be the <laughs> Californian. Well, I'm doing uh, the Corner Wine Bar tomorrow night in Broderpool, and then I don't know what else I've got. I got a beer brewery brewery show in September, I think. I, I, mean, I don't have a lot scheduled, but uh. Morty's comedy dot or no, not Morty, uh, Bauer at Bowers comedy on on Snapchat. I'm very funny on Snapchat. Uh, we'll be the judge of that. No, I'm very funny on Snapchat. I just get progressively drunk and hilarious. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, at Bowers comedy on Twitter and Chris Bowers on Facebook. So follow me around. And if uh, if we have somebody listening that say programs for 4H and needs uh, needs a speaker, big big crowd, motivational speaker. Uh, yeah, Bowers Success one S in between Bowers and Success dot com. B-O-W-E-R-S-U-C-C-E-S-S dot com. There we go. Van by down by the river. Yeah, some, someday. So, yeah. That's I, how I, I got to where I am. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. yeah so, I MJ. Did. Yeah. You, you bartended my wedding, man. I did. did was, were my guests okay? It was awesome. I mean, it was the best wedding I've ever bartended. Or is it the only one? It was the only one. But, <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, that's the, the bar has been set high. Uh, everybody had fun. You know, we've all been to boring weddings. Yeah, I went to like six of them before my own yeah, this year. Then you're just I definitely threw terrible. the best party. You know, oh, it was great. It was phenomenal. Everybody got hammed, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, didn't have to kick anybody out. That's always a plus because that's kind of awkward at a wedding. Everybody knows you. But um, yeah. brought the groom. That's always a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've been kicked out of uh, places by my family before. Uh, Jerry, you're done. It's over. Go home now. Yep. yep. You guys drank like three kegs. Yeah. Fifteen gallons of booze. Maybe. I drank a lot of this. Yeah, that was we're, the first one gone. We, your day job, you're at the uh, the Chili Water Brewing Company down in Fountain Square. Yeah, yeah. and you brought with you a uh, some of the the Blood Orange IPA. It's our number one selling beer by far. It's not even close. It's we had, unbelievable. We had a keg of that. We had a keg of Pilsner, Pilsner I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the blood the blood orange and Pilsner I think kicked before the Miller Lite did, hmm. which is, I mean, not a lot of people. Their first choice is going to be a Blood Orange IPA. So that was awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. we you know. We we know a good thing out yeah. there. Yeah, it was it was good. And plus, good Dakota, Dakota was on it early, so that did it. That's true. Yeah, it was awesome. I showed up a little early, and a few of the guys were like, "Hey, if you don't mind, I know how this thing works. I'll just sneak back here." I'm like, <laughs> "Knock yourself out, man." Come yeah. Uh, about 20 minutes before the wedding, uh, I think Danny or Dakota came up and was like, uh, "Yeah, they're serving drinks, and everybody has a drink." And I said, oh, "That's fine. I don't care. Whatever." It wasn't I'm not, me. I'm not I didn't about it. start drinking until no, it wasn't it. you. It was the, all of the guests were were oh, out right. in the audience yeah. drinking. Yeah, Josie and, came up and and she brought me a blood orange though, and I appreciate that, Josie. Well, yeah, I was I was getting worried. I'm like, Danny told me to be here at this time, and everybody's already like three drinks in. The wedding hasn't even started. <laughs> I was like, late. I don't know. Then that was fine though. No, it was all good. 
Awesome. So, uh, you guys have the Rome to home dot com. Anything else to promote? Yeah. No. No, man. We're just, uh, you know, just uh, occasionally taking some trips here and there. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to head out, do some international traveling this week up to Canada. So, catching fish. Nothing too exciting. What are we but, catching? We catching pike? We catching uh, walleye, 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 pike. Hope to catch more walleye in a week than I've ever caught in my life. So we'll see. The uh, cheeks. You got to eat the cheeks. Oh yeah. 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 The, uh, oysters, the scallops of freshwater. The freshwater sure. scallop. Yeah. You, you but, know about this? What's that? You eat the the cheek of a walleye. Did not know that. Yeah. It's the uh, it's a little. If you get a you know a eighteen nineteen inch walleye, you've got a, you, the cheeks got real good meat, easy to eat, and then you got the the side fillets as well. I'm not a fish guy. Yeah. Only fish eggs, Long John Silver's, but I'm not sure that's fish. <laughs> I agree. You have a weird diet. I do have right? a weird diet. Yeah, I'm a meatitarian. I don't eat I don't eat fruits. I haven't had a fruit or vegetable since nineteen ninety six. So yep. and do you still eat like bread and carbohydrates? Well, right things? now I'm in my crazy diet phase, so I don't I, I eat once a day, keto, no carbs, uh six hundred less calories. And so since you're not eating vegetables and things, you're you're basically carnivore. It's just hot dogs and pepperoni essentially. Yeah. Occasionally I'll go to Fogo to Chow and eat a bunch of steak. How's the know. indigestion? No any problems at all. Nothing. No. You're built for it. You've done this for 20 well, years. I, again, so. I, that, that's one of my stand-up jokes, but it's, you know, it's, it's the idea that like when I say I don't have any fruit or vegetable in 20 years, people are like, you're going to die before me. I'm like, yeah, unless there's an apocalypse. You know, you, <laughs> you'll whole, flu, whole food gluten-free chumps but die of diarrhea in the first three weeks of the apocalypse. I've been eating SpaghettiOs at room temperature my whole life. I'm ready for this. <laughs> you know, there's so, a, uh, Jordan Peterson. He was uh, – yeah, we went and saw him speak and uh, – He's also he's doing a carnivore diet, so it's no n- nothing except for red meat essentially. Yep. Yep. And he was uh, someone submitted a question at the end, and they said, "Do you think that the carnivore diet is sustainable?" And he and you know being a fifty five year old man or whatever, he goes, "No, uh, I s- suspect that sometime in the next uh, forty to fifty years, I will be dead." <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and that's. That's my, but I also don't want to be 80. I mean, like, literally, I've, I don't do anything for health reasons. I just, I'm trying to get skinny before I move to LA just to be skinny, but I don't care. You don't want to be the fattest guy in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I don't. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and just, you know, whatever. I mean, also, too, because it's, it's hot out there all the time. So, like, you know, here I can, half the year I'm in the coat and it doesn't matter that I'm fat, but, but there I'll be. Yeah. Tink you know, topping but, it up. Yeah. So, so, but anyway, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be 80. I mean, what do you, I'm like, go to a Golden Crow for two hours and tell me you want to be 80, dude. That's dumb. You know, <laughs> 65 tops. That's what I'm going out. At. You don't want any of that Social Security. Screw that. I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't need any of that. Don't need I'm, that. My, my entire uh, retirement plan is for apocalypse space. If there's, if there's still banks, I'm 65. I'm in big trouble. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, play, I'm not well. playing. But, but, but imagine this. Imagine how much different you would live your life if you knew you weren't going to live past 70. Because 70 was the cap. You could retire at 55. You wouldn't be worried about being 90. You could, like, plan we'll, your money better. We'll you, take good care of you, man. No, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. We'll be all right. 65, I'm out. <laughs> August, well, I mean, August 2nd, 2038. I'm, I'm just banking I'm on all of 65 and 2038. Yeah, I am. Really? I turned 45 this year. God. Yeah. Right? Look, uh, he, okay. he, said he, was a, uh, he said he was a senior in high school in 1992. My dad graduated 91, yeah. in 1992, so. Yeah, 91. I graduated 91. So, yeah. He had a kid. It could have been this guy. I'm 45. Yeah, yeah. I'd been sad. But, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'd take it. You'd be sad for you because you'd be bigger and not good at sports. I'm still not good at sports. Yeah. Oh, well, there you yeah go. There's a reason we're podcasters. Yeah. So you have been in a bedroom in Newcastle. <laughs> ah, My dad yeah. actually had a really great burn at the uh, track this year at Carb Day. My friend Kathleen always thinks that uh, I look like her brother. And so she's like, I said to my dad, my dad was there. And I go, oh, dad, look, this girl thinks that I look like her, her brother. And she like pulls out a, a picture of him and she goes, look. And he goes, yeah. 
What's your mom's name? <laughs> like, man, that's a sweet dad bird. I can't believe you just crushed her like that. It was awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, Bowers met Dawn in about 1995, yeah, March, right. March, April, somewhere in there. There you go. Well, yeah, time. yeah. Dakota, what do you got, man? Final thoughts. You're going uh, to, to jet off here uh, before too long. Uh, jet off. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we're not going to say anything about that. Next week we have. Uh, next week we have coming on the show is the token socialist Darren Jacobs. He's making his triumphant return. You came on new uh, again this episode, and you were yep. first on episode fifteen. Darren was first on on episode fourteen. So. We, we kind of swamped you guys. It's like Freebird Week uh, yeah. month here. We're just playing the hits, spinning the hits on the boss. Yeah, yep, that's right. Yeah. I'm excited for Darren to come on. He's bringing uh, ghost peppers. We're going to try to eat those. You know, I, was a little, I was a little bummed about that. I thought I was going to just get scorched here. <laughs> <laughs> a million Scoville heat units. Dakota has designed the show notes for us where we're eating ghost peppers mid-show. We're not even doing it at the end of the show next week. Yeah. We're going to do it. In the middle, and then we're supposed to do That's something my about Senate. We're yep. going to talk about the U.S. Senate race. The most that, that, like, a really, really important topic that we're talking about is the United States Senate race and the comedy. Indiana Chamber of Commerce. And uh, I have it set up to where we eat the ghost peppers right beforehand. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fantastic. That's kind of how our whole political thing is right now is we're all eating ghost peppers the whole time we're yeah. talking about yeah. it. Yeah, so. we're just <laughs> choking and <laughs> suffocating Take while your medicine. barely You'll talking. one of these yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's, it's going to be hilarious. You're going to have some milk in the house, man. It's going to be brutal. Uh, see, I hate milk, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, some almond and milk. And it will be the what we are ex- milk. You have almond milk. Yeah, I just cannot stay in the taste. I've got to bring milk. some milk. That's going to be rough. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> then that'll be the final episode in the studio. <laughs> That's right. A- after the ghost peppers, we're going to burn or, the place or, to the ground. Or ever, ever. Yeah, <laughs> it may end us. It may. It may be the end. Uh, what we won't send the Patreon money back. We're just going to see how long y'all keep sending it in before uh, before you're like, I haven't heard a new episode in a long time. Uh, a couple announcements for us. Uh, Juice in the Morning. We started a feud with Juice in the Morning last week. They are a uh, Indianapolis-based podcast, and uh, it turned into an invitation. Apparently, instead of picking fights, I just make friends because that's me. Uh, so we are going to be on with Justin Kelly, uh, September the 9th, opening day of NFL football. Dakota and I are going to drive to Indianapolis and do juice in the morning and, uh, and see what happens. Uh, Justin's been a good dude to us. Uh, we noticed that we were beating them in the, uh, Facebook like contest and the interaction with the fans. Thank you very much. Called it out publicly, uh, that we were kicking their ass by a few hundred people. We are still losing to the Newcastle Turkey that we created, but whatever, um, it's okay. A dead chicken or turkey can can dominate us on Facebook for a little while. We're coming for <laughs> corpse of Eric. We'll take you out. Uh, uh, final thing for me, I am on the ballot here in a couple of months, so uh, you can find my political page, Jeremiah Moral Dash Candidate, on Facebook. Doing a little fundraising, getting ready to order some T-shirts for uh, for people working the polls. The last uh, the last two weeks of September and uh, in October and the first weekend in November. Those weekends, we're going to be going door to door, chasing, uh, chasing votes, trying to, uh, chasing, trying to win a race for, uh, county council in Henry County. That takes money. So this is my unapologetic plea to say, hey, uh, jump on there and do a little donation, 10, 20, 30 bucks. If I can get, uh, another three, four hundred dollars this week, we're done fundraising. We're going to have enough for the billboards, t-shirts, yard signs, and handouts, and then we just get to run our plan. So need a little bit of help on that, and I'm good to go. Anything else, Dakota? Are you good? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, totally vote for you. That's <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I, I was going to say more, but I'll keep it there. It sounds like uh, 
Sounds like black sheep, man. Vote Donnelly. <laughs> Vote for Donnelly. <laughs> All right. We will uh, We see you all next week. Bowers, thank you very much. Thanks, man. Have we enjoyed time. it. Appreciate it. MJ. Thanks stay, for having me Stay back. safe. Yeah, hope hope the Canadians let you back in the Yeah, country. I hope so. We'll uh, see. All right. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.